Good morning. Welcome to Wellsprings Community Church. Uh, it's great that you're able to join us this morning for our morning service. Uh, as I would probably say every week, whether we're at church or whether we're here online, uh, it's really great that you can join us. Our prayer for you, our prayer for us, that God will be here. He'll be moving. His spirit will be at work within us. He'll be moving us on in our journey of faith with him. He'll be helping us to discover more of what it means to be loved by him and then to love others from that love that he first has for us. So it's great that you could join us this morning. Welcome. Special welcome uh, if you haven't joined us before. Uh, if this is your first time with us, if you're watching live on Sunday morning uh, at half past ten, if you're watching later on in the day or the week, or even any time in the future, if you discover the YouTube channel that we have uh, or the Facebook group that we have and you're able to watch these uh, services uh, that we're having to do during the coronavirus lockdown time. Uh, our prayer is the same wherever we are and wherever we're watching. Uh, that God will be at work in that way in our lives. It's really great you could be here. Um, we're going to have uh, a morning service. Uh, we're going to go through uh, Megan uh, Lambert and Anya Chapman. Uh, will be leading us at various points uh, with sung worship. It's great that they're able to use their talents to help us and to enable us to do that. Uh, we've got a contribution this morning from the Wood family. Um, it's really great that Chloe uh, and Eva uh, and someone else who we might spot, I'm calling him Mark the Pharisee, uh, we'll be able to see um, them a little bit later uh, as they help us introduce to us the story that we're going to be thinking about today. Uh, I'm just going to do a few short thoughts uh, based around that story. We're going through Mark's Gospel while we're in lockdown. We've come to the end of chapter 2 and the beginning of chapter 3, but I'll explain more about that uh, later on when we get to it. Uh, and we're going to have communion as well before that. Communion is going to be one of the first things that we do uh, this week. A chance to take bread and juice and to break that, to break the bread, to drink the juice, uh, to remember what Jesus has done for us through his life and his death and his resurrection and how that affects our lives today. So if you want to join in with that, you'd be very welcome to. All you need to do is make sure you have some bread and some juice uh, available in just a few minutes time. Uh, and as we share that bread and that juice together, although we're scattered in different places, uh, all around Taunton, all around the country, all around the world even, with some of the people who are watching this, uh, that we're still able to be one body, joined together with Jesus as the head, as we remember what he's done for each one of us individually, and to bring us together as his body, as his community, as his people. Uh, so if you want to share in with that, grab some bread and some juice, uh, because in a few minutes we'll be able to share that together. Uh, if you're watching this and you're thinking, well, actually, I could join in and I could be involved in doing some of this. I could maybe lead some prayers. Uh, I could maybe do a Bible reading. I could maybe share a little testimony of what God's doing in my life. Um, maybe you could lead some sung worship for us. Maybe you want to lead communion. Maybe you even want to do the talk and do one of the sections of Mark's Gospel as we go through. Uh, get in touch with me, contact me about that, uh, and we'd be able to work out ways and I'd be able to show you how you can record things and send them to us so that we can edit it all together uh, to make one continuous service then for the Sunday morning. So if you're interested in helping in any way, and please do, if it's something you've already done and want to do again, that would be wonderful. If you haven't yet done it, uh, then it would be lovely to have you involved so it's less of me and more of other people on these Sunday mornings mornings uh, that would be really really great so yeah in a minute or two we're just we're going to go through our service uh, worship and communion uh, and some thoughts from me 
and it's going to be um, I think a time where God might be speaking something very particular to us as a church but also to us as individuals uh, through the things that happened this morning um, so I'm going to pray uh, and then we're going to get started just looking at the time just looking at the number of people who are logged in because people are joining us all the time uh, live as we're doing this either on the Facebook group one of the Facebook groups or even on YouTube people watch as well uh, while we've got it there so um, yeah good morning welcome to World Springs Community Church it's great that you're able to join us today uh, I'm going to pray uh, to start the service uh, and then uh, we're going to go through as I say, the first thing that we're going to have, Anya uh, is going to lead us in a song, maybe one that you don't know, uh, or don't know as well, uh, called Jesus, You Alone. Uh, and then Megan is going to lead us in I Cast My Mind to Calvary. Both of those will then lead us into uh, the that communion time that I'll be leading today. Uh, and then uh, we'll have uh, some more worship. We'll have um, a short sort of thoughts and things from me as with the Bible reading. Uh, and then we'll close uh, with some things to finish as well. So let's pray and then let's get going with our morning service today. Lord Jesus, thank you that wherever we are, whoever we are, whenever we're watching this, that you love us, that you want to make a difference in our lives individually and a difference in our lives corporately as we come together as your body, as your people here on the earth and particularly for us here within this Wellsprings community. Lord Jesus, be speaking to us this morning. Whatever we need to hear from you, whether that's words of encouragement, uh, whether that's words of challenge, whether that's words of reprimand, whatever it is that we might need to hear from you today, Lord, I pray you would speak and you would help us to hear what you're saying and you'd help us to then do the things that you're prompting us to do, that we'd be prepared to put into action those things that you're speaking to us. Holy Spirit, come now. Help us to worship you. Help us to listen to you. Help us to spend this time together with you, with each other. And Lord, I pray you would be leading and guiding us individually and as a church more and more to become who you want us to be and to be doing the things that you want us to do. Lord Jesus, come now, I pray, by your Spirit and meet with us through this service now. Amen. Okay. So Anya is going to lead us in Jesus You Alone, Megan is going to lead us in I Cast My Mind to Calvary, uh, and then I'll come back uh, and I'll lead our communion time together. Who is the great King of glory, seated on high in the heavens all? Strong in compassion and mercy, oh, Jesus, you are. And I've searched the world for a love that could fill my heart. Oh, but nothing compares to the wonder of who you and holy, and all the earth singing holy, and all the angels cry holy, Jesus, you are Jesus, you are 
said the stars in the heavens You said the world into motion Oh, Jesus, you are You breathe your life in creation You walked among your created Search the world for a love that could fill my heart. Oh, but nothing compares to the wonder of who you are. And holy, and all the earth singing, holy, and all the angels cry, holy, Jesus. Shed your blood for salvation. You broke the curse for our freedom. Oh, Jesus, you are. You rose from death with the morning, and you'll come again in your glory. Jesus prayed and died for
So Anya and Megan uh, have led us uh, really well to this point now where we come to cast our minds to Calvary, where we remember Jesus' death, where we remember his body and his blood that was broken, that was shed for us. We remember the meal that he shared with his disciples the night before that happened, where he was able to explain to them uh, in a new way. He was able to explain and reveal and, and open their eyes to see quite who he was uh, and what his actions were about to be uh, and what they meant, how they fitted in with that centuries-old Passover story, uh, how that freedom from slavery, from everything that held them bound, uh, they were able to receive in him, just as they had in that first Passover story, how they were able to be saved from death, just as the people were in that first Passover story, how they were freed to worship God in the way that they were meant to, just like they had in that first Passover story, and how then they were free to head to the promised land, head together in community to be in the place and to be the people that God had always intended them to be, just as they had in that first Passover story. And those same things that were true at the first Passover, that were true for the first disciples as they shared Passover and the Last Supper with Jesus, are still true for us today as we share in uh, this new life that Jesus brings through his actions, through his life and his death and his resurrection. So if you've got some bread, uh, now's the time to have it ready. If you've got some juice, some wine, now's the time to have it ready. As we remember the things that Jesus said, how on the night that he was betrayed, he took bread and he gave thanks and he broke it. And he said to them, this is my body, which is broken for you. At the, that moment, they probably wouldn't have understood what he was talking about, how he was looking to the next day to his death on the cross and how his body would be broken. But they shared in it with him. They joined in it with him. And then the next day, I'm sure, they were able to fully realise the extent of Jesus' love and of what he meant when he said that this was his broad body that had been broken for them. So now as we take this bread, as together, even though we're separate, we are one body because we all share the one bread. We're able to take this bread, we're able to eat it, we're able to remember Jesus' body broken for us, the love that he showed us through his death on the cross. The amazing way that he took that centuries-old story and showed how it was about him and how still today for us we can join in with that story as we remember his body broken for each one of us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And then the last cup of that Passover meal was the one that Jesus said was his blood. The one that was about freedom. The one that was about new life. The one that was about being redeemed, being bought back from slavery. What was true at the first Passover was even more true in Jesus. And as we enter into relationship with him becomes true for us as well. That his blood becomes the blood of the new covenant. The new agreement between mankind and God. The new way that we can have relationship with God. An intimacy, a closeness that hasn't been possible before. Not about rules. 
not about restrictions, not about legalism, not about punishment, but about the excitement of new life in Jesus, about relationship as he comes to live with each one of us. So now as we drink this wine, as we drink this juice, we can remember Jesus' death and his resurrection. We can remember the Holy Spirit being poured out on what today is Pentecost Sunday, being poured out at that first Pentecost as the Holy Spirit filled them. They were sure, they were certain that Jesus was with them because they could feel him deep down inside. They could see the effect he was having on them and then through them to the lives of others as well. And so as we share this juice now, as we feel it moving down, filling us inside, we can remember the Holy Spirit filling us too. Lord Jesus, let this juice now be a symbol of your blood and let it be a symbol of your spirit coming and filling each one of us. Help us to know your presence, to know your love, to feel you within us. And then just like those first disciples, to take you and to share you with everyone that we meet. Thank you for your blood, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Uh, the Wood family are now going to share with us the first part of our Bible reading. Uh, later on, uh, I'll do the Bible reading as part of the talk. Uh, but this is the first part of the, this is the first story of the two stories uh, that there are in today's Bible reading. Uh, they're going to act it out for us. Uh, thank you uh, to Mark and thank you to Chloe and thank you to Eva uh, and to Becca too, I presume was doing the videoing at the time. Um, it's really great that you could join in our service in this way and to help us to understand a little bit more uh, about what this story is about. Once we've seen that, Anya will lead us again uh, in another song, uh, a song about how God is our good, good father. Uh, and then I'll uh, bring some thoughts to us after that. Excuse me, what do you think you're doing? I'm eating these. Eating grapes? Yeah. On the Sabbath? Jesus, uh, excuse me, you're Jesus, right? Is this one of your disciples? Yes. You do realise that <clears throat> according to Levitical law, paragraph 16, subparagraph 5 and clause 3, that eating grapes on the Sabbath is not allowed and clearly, you're not two metres apart. What do you have to say for yourself? The Sabbath was made for man, not the man made for Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man. That's not in my rule book. Right, I'm reporting you. Caiaphas will be most upset. I heard a thousand stories of what they Think you're like, but I've heard the tender whisper of love in the dead of night, and you tell me that you're pleased in the Who I am, it's who I am. 
A friend of mine who's a church leader uh, told me a story uh, of something that happened to him a few years ago. Uh, at that time, he lived next door to a man who was a Seventh-day Adventist. Uh, that meant that uh, he believed lots of the same things about being a Christian and, and all that sort of stuff. But uh, the real difference for him was that he considered Saturday to still be the Sabbath to still be the special holy day and it was a day that you had to keep very very special uh, not Sunday but Saturday like it had been during biblical times and that was something that he was really really strict on uh, there was one particular Saturday uh, that my friend was out in his garden he was doing a bit of gardening he was mowing the lawn uh, at exactly the same moment as the Seventh-day Adventist came out of his house so that he could go to church on his Sabbath day uh, and the Seventh-day Adventist uh, looked at my friend as he was mowing his lawn uh, and slowly shook his head uh, and said, You do realise it's the Sabbath. You shouldn't be doing any work on the Sabbath. And my friend couldn't help himself at that point. Uh, he turned to the Seventh-day Adventist and he said, ah, But don't you remember that story in the Bible where Jesus' disciples picked corn, picked grain on the Sabbath? They, they do gardening, they do work on the Sabbath, and Jesus said that that was okay. The Seventh-day Adventist slowly turned towards him, shook his head, and said, Ah, yes, but two wrongs don't make a right. 
in the story uh, that we're following in Mark's Gospel. Uh, we're through towards the very last little bit of Mark chapter 2 and the first bit of Mark chapter 3. And what we're going to see are two stories that are linked and joined together. They're linked and joined together because in each of them, the religious leaders are looking for a reason to accuse Jesus about his treatment of the Sabbath. They're looking to see when Jesus' disciples appear to do work on the Sabbath, whether Jesus is going to tell them off, whether he's going to get angry and upset with them and tell them that that's not what they should do on the Sabbath. Then there are sick people who are coming to visit Jesus to try and be healed by him. But for them at that time, healing someone was doing work. And so the religious leaders were looking to see whether Jesus would do the healing or whether he would tell off, whether he would be angry with the sick people for coming to him on the Sabbath and trying to make sure that he did work on the Sabbath. And so we've got these two stories, the end of Mark chapter 2, the start of Mark chapter 3, both about things that happened on the Sabbath and both about the religious leaders looking to see what Jesus' reaction was, whether he would get angry or how angry he would get with the disciples and with the sick people for the things that they were doing on the Sabbath. So let's have a look. We're in Mark chapter 2 uh, and we're going from verse 23, verse 23 of Mark chapter 2. One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the cornfields, and his disciples walked along. As his disciples walked along, they began to pick some ears of corn. The Pharisees said to him, Look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? He answered, Have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abiathar the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful only for priests to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. Then he said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Another time... Another time he went into the synagogue, and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Some of them were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus, so they watched him closely to see if he would heal on the Sabbath. Jesus said to the man with the shriveled hand, Stand up in front of everyone. Then Jesus asked him, Which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill, but they remained silent. He looked round at them in anger, and deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts, said to the man, stretch out your hand. He stretched it out, and his hand was completely restored. Then the Pharisees went out and began to plot with the Herodians how they might kill Jesus. For the Pharisees, for the religious leaders, Sabbath was a ritual that God had given them, that over the years they'd added to. They'd given their own adaptations, they'd refined things, they'd made things even more extreme than they were before. What it became to them was just about making that one day special, about showing your holiness, 
about showing your godliness by not working, by not doing things and then looking down on others if they did them, even if those were things that every other day of the week you were allowed to do. Did you see in the two stories, the religious leaders were looking to see if Jesus would get angry with the disciples or would get angry with the sick man. Jesus doesn't. He gets angry with the religious leaders. Did you hear that phrase that's used? He looked at them in anger, distressed at their stubborn hearts. And when I read the Old Testament, I think I can see why Jesus got upset with the religious leaders. How it works through the Old Testament is that God only gives new instructions when people have done things that are wrong. He shows them a different way of doing things from what they've done before, what to do instead, how to live in a different way. And as Anya sang about a few minutes ago, uh, God is a good, good father. He looks at the things that have been done wrong and he shows them ways of doing things differently. Sabbath was never about a chance for me to stop and do nothing. And there's trouble for anyone who breaks God's Sabbath. Rather, Exodus 20 and Deuteronomy 5 uh, show us that Sabbath is about remembering that they, the people of God, had been slaves in Egypt. They were outcasts on the margins of society. And that then they had to treat everyone differently to how they themselves had been treated. Jesus says, do to others as you would have them do to you. Maintain justice. Do what's right so that the whole of the cosmos, is the Greek word that's there, the whole of everything, the universe, together in community is able to enter into Sabbath. Not one day a week, but seven days a week. It means being on the forefront of what God is looking for throughout the Old Testament. Because it describes him too. It describes his character. It's about justice and about mercy. The Hebrew word that's used is chesed. It's God's loving mercy. Wanting the good of someone else even above yourself. It's not a self-centred ritual, which is what Sabbath became, but Sabbath is about looking for liberation for all of the world, for all of the suffering, for all of the oppressed, for all of the stigmatised, for all of the marginalised people who are in the world, and for the world itself. Ritual law restricts, it confines, it, it makes you say, what's the minimum that I need to do? It makes you say, what's the most that I can get away with? Chesed what Sabbath is about, is actually about boundless, open freedom, freed to be the best selves that we can be. I've known people who are like the Pharisees. 
where Sabbath becomes restricting and limiting, where Sabbath becomes about rules with punishments for anyone who breaks them uh, on that day, because obviously those things are okay on other days. They miss the point of the Sabbath. The Sabbath is a constant reminder of chesed. It's a constant reminder of self-sacrificial love and mercy. It's about liberation and freedom for all. It's about giving yourself to serve everyone and everything in the cosmos. Sabbath is about justice. It's about freedom that's brought about within a community. Jesus said that in him was the arrival of the ultimate Sabbath. Not the seventh day, not the seventh year, but the seventh, seventh year. The year of Jubilee, the ultimate Sabbath. What was the Sabbath ultimately about? What was the year of Jubilee ultimately about? Jesus said very clearly in his very first sermon in Luke's gospel that this is what it was about. It was about good news to the poor. It was about freedom to those who were bound by things. It was about healing for the sick. He said that he had come to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour, to proclaim the year of Jubilee, to proclaim the Sabbath of Sabbaths, the ultimate Sabbath of what life was really about. So can you see why Jesus wasn't angry with the disciples for the work that they did? Jesus wasn't angry with the sick person for coming and asking Jesus to work on his behalf. Both of those who appeared to the religious leaders to be breaking the Sabbath. But he was angry with the religious leaders who in their minds were keeping the Sabbath. They were keeping the 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 ritual laws, the, they were keeping the traditions that restrict and confine rather than bringing justice and mercy and freedom to the lives of people. At the moment, because of coronavirus, because of the lockdown that we're in, people I think again are recognising the need for community. They're recognising the need again for relationship. They're recognising again the need for closeness and intimacy and touch from people. This enforced for some period of rest is not actually satisfying unless all are able to rest, unless all the entire cosmos, the earth itself, and all the people who live in it are able to enter into that Sabbath rest. Sabbath rest is not something that's personal. Sabbath rest is not something that's restricting. Sabbath rest is not something that's limiting. All of those things like lockdown is for so many people. Sabbath rest really is about entering into communal justice and freedom brought about as we serve others through sacrificial love and mercy, through the chesed that God has for us as we share that with those around us. Sabbath rest isn't limiting, isn't restricting, isn't about rules imposed and punishments when you break it. 
Sabbath rest is about freedom and liberation in community with others, bringing about the cosmos, the creation that God intends it to be. Freedom and liberation and love and chesed. And what we do when we enter the Sabbath is to show God to the world and how the world is meant to be. What we don't show is judgment. What we don't show is anger. What we don't show is punishment. What we show is freedom and love and joy and peace. What we show is the world as it's meant to be. We can enter that Sabbath together with others, experiencing that rest for ourselves, but showing it to the world around, too, around us too. Who does Jesus get angry with? He gets angry with those who bring restriction and rules. He brings commendation for those who bring freedom, who bring life, who bring justice and mercy. Let's be those people. We're coming towards the end of the service now. Um, we're going to finish today uh, with a blessing for everybody. Uh, it's a prayer that I pray, a blessing that I pray sometimes at the end of services, and I've used it here uh, on other weeks. Uh, it's one straight from the Old Testament. It's called the Aaronic Blessing or the Priestly Blessing. Um, it's what the priest would declare over the people. Um, the words are perhaps familiar to you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his smiling face towards you and give you his peace, his shalom. Um, the words uh, have been used recently in a new song, which you may have seen as well. Uh, it's called The Blessing. Uh, it's one that's been on the internet and become uh, gone viral. And there was the UK blessing where people from different churches all over the country, although they're um, in the different places, they were able to use Zoom and things like that uh, and to create a version of this song. If you haven't seen it, look it up on YouTube, uh, the UK blessing, uh, and you'll see how that works. Uh, but Megan is going to close our service this morning uh, by singing the blessing for us um, as a way of blessing us as a way of asking God uh, to make that difference in our lives uh, and just to finish our service for today. Uh, so it's been really great that you can join with us. Remember, if you want to uh, be involved in the future in other weeks, get in touch with me and we can find ways for you to do Bible readings or prayers or singing, leading the worship or uh, a little testimony or if something the children want to be involved with, acting out, telling the story uh, like the Wood uh, family did this week, uh, then just get in touch. Uh, and we can arrange for those things to happen. But I'm just going to say a final prayer, and then Megan is going to bless us all uh, with the blessing. Lord Jesus, thank you for being with us today. Thank you that we have had that sense of your presence with us, of your love surrounding us. Uh, help us, Lord Jesus, to enter into the rest that you have for us, but the rest that drives us as a community to bring your kingdom and to bring your love everywhere that we go, and especially in our own Wellsprings area of town. Lord, thank you for this morning. Continue to be speaking to us and working in us. So we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. And now Megan will lead us in the blessing.